Max Gorlin, Melbourne Football Club. You're listening to the Coaches Panel. This is Nat Fife from the Fremantle Footy Club. Trent Cotchin from the Richmond Footy Club. Scott Penderbury from the Collingwood Football Club. You're listening to the Coaches Panel. Patrick Cooch from the Carlton Footy Club. It's Rory Sloan here from the Adelaide Crows. This is Tom Mitchell from the Hawthorne Footy Club, and you're listening to the Coaches Panel. You made it, my friends. You're halfway through the 50 most relevant for 2021. Hello, it's MJ from the Coaches Panel. And joining me, fellow panellist Kane. Hey, buddy. How you doing? Very well. Very well, MJ. Dane's Dorco, an old classic of ours that year after year just is always in the mix and yet never seems to get any love. Just never seems to get any love. But if your time you run right with him over the past couple of years, especially, he would have been that perfect, unique midfielder. It's been a while since he's had this forward eligibility again. Early on in his career, he had it. But he's even shown as a midfielder only the past few seasons that when he gets on a run, he's right up there in that top tier of, four, of midfielders for us. Now, we get him as a mid-forward. 31 years old. His top score last year came against the Gold Coast Suns in AFL Fantasy. It was a 124, while it was a 163 against the Bulldogs in Supercoach. Those scores, as great as they sound, remember, that AFL Fantasy is not an adjusted average score. That's what he delivered. You hear them, you go, cool, yeah, okay, the boy's got ceiling. That's nothing compared to some of his career best scores. In fact, it came against the Cats all the way back in 2017. What was it? a 181 in AFL fantasy and dream team. And he almost joined the 200 club, a 196 last year. You think about his year, there might be moments where you reflect on it and go, Oh, look, he was okay. But if I, if this is just his okay year, then coaches should be excited heading into 2021. An average of 78.9 in AFL fantasy is an adjusted average score of 98.6, while it was a 97.9 in Supercoach, meaning in that format, he's going to be priced at just over 525K, just over 750K in AFL fantasy, and just a touch under $730,000 in Dream Team. And Kane, while the year didn't end quite the way both he and his Brisbane Lions had hoped in that preliminary final, against the Cats. We saw some incredibly strong signs from him and the Lions that even at 31, probably 32 by the time the season gets underway, Zorko's scoring is not going away anytime soon. Yeah, MJ, he was you know not in the midfield as much as previous years and he still got the job done. Again, it was a funny start to the year for Zorko. He battled the Achilles injury in round three, came back in round four, got injured with his calf against the Crows and then subsequently missed round five. So in the first five rounds, he only played three games and he went at an average of, you know, 53 DT unadjusted and 69 super coach points. Mm. But when he came back against the Cats, from that point onwards, he went at 85 DT. So we can convert that already up to a 106, 107. Mm. And he went at 105 super coach. That's 12 games at 105 Supercoach, and we've got this guy priced at 98. So you start getting anywhere near 100 in the forward line, MJ, you're going to be in the mix. You're going to be in the mix for a top six. And this is a guy that's got, you know, premium scoring pedigree all the way back to his debut season. His debut season, he went at a ton in Supercoach, yeah. 94 in DT. So from when Dane Zorko jumped on the scene at a, as a mature age recruit in 2012, Outside of one year, which was his second when he dropped to the 70s in DT and low 80s in Supercoach, the rest of them are premium numbers, like premium numbers that you can bank on year in, year out to be competing as a top six forward. 
And when we look at the, the the top six forwards of what he has done and what he's in the potential of being able to do, he's right in the mix from those 15 games you mentioned he did last year. Three tons and four additional scores of 80 plus. Pretty much 50% of the games that he played, he delivered a ton for us last year in an unadjusted average score. Super coach, eight tons. And something that's important about talking about Dane Zorko, ceiling in a bunch of these two, two 150-plus scores for Zorko and that incredibly strong run home. Um, let's contrast him in terms of what he is coming in for us right now, now as a forward eligible option. In contrast to the other forwards, he delivered a season ranked seventh uh, for total points and eighth for averages against our current available forwards in 2021. While in Dream Team and Fantasy, he's ranked fifth for total points by forwards, third by averages, including some injury impacted games through there. So we've got this guy who clearly is at the top of the, the tree of our forwards. And like you mentioned, going back just through the past five years, let's not go back to 2012, but these are his past five seasons of averages in dream team and fantasy 104, 96, 114, 106, 90, while in super coach 100, 108, 110, 95, and a 106. Yes, in some of those games, he's playing as a pure midfielder, but there were big chunks of 2020 where he was doing that too. So to say, oh, that the season for his ceiling is gone or for the time for him playing through the midfield, I think if you look at the Brisbane midfield group and also the Brisbane forward group in isolation, it's really clear that Brisbane needs Zorko probably more midfield still while they do want him forward. What's your take on how you see this split going heading into a new year? Well, MJ, let's just start off by saying he's still the captain of the club and a super important player at that. Clearly, Lockie Neal, you know, is the crown jewel in, in the midfield unit and they've got some really good worker bees alongside him. Jared Lyons is as underrated as it comes. McCluggage does heaps of legwork out on the wings with Mitch Robinson. Yeah. And then up forward, you know, they've got a bit of a spine now that looks really rock solid in Hipwood and Danaher. You know, we obviously hope that Joe's on the park most weeks. Yeah. You throw in the most dangerous forward in the league, in my eyes, in Charlie Cameron, and a nice piece alongside him in Lincoln McCarthy that can mm. really get under the radar and kick a few goals. Rainer's um, in there. When yeah. needed, Rainer's in there as well. And then you throw in a guy who's a complete X factor in Nikai Cockatoo. So if he's on the field, Zorko's real ability is. It's a half forward Roland. I think when people think forward, they often think he's going to be stationed in a forward pocket. It's going mm. to be really hard. If, just because he's not the center bounce doesn't mean that he can't be pushing straight from that half forward flank. It's yeah. the old school role we saw Lucky Whitfield play you know, in, in two years ago when he started on the half forward flank, pushed straight into the center square because that's where he's at his best. He's a ferocious tackler. He's one of the best pressure players in the competition. He's got great burst out of the stoppage. And looking at his kick to handball ratio, 3.6 kicks for every one handball. That's how he likes to use it. And yeah. Now that he's got some real key targets to aim at yeah. with that delivery, that's where I see his most value. Because, again, while the Lions midfield is clearly strong, especially at the top line, yeah, it's not super, super deep yes. in my eyes. Again, they brought in Cam Ellis-Yolman and it didn't really work out. They pushed him straight forward after a while because it just wasn't the type of mix they're oh, after. So if my mix is Zorko, Neil, McCluggage, Lions, and again, Berry. they're going to give, obviously, berries in there as well, building. 
they're going to give a Rainer, you know, maybe one or two centre bounces yeah. a half. Like they're going to do little things like that when those guys are off the ground. But really, that is the core of their team. I don't see Zorko's desire up forward. Again, if there's big injuries up forward, clearly there's going to have to be some restructuring. Yeah. And Dane can play that role. But I think when he plays forward, it's not the forward pocket no. forward role. It's the half forward pushing up straight up the ground, getting involved because that's where he's at his best. He's not really a crumbing player, Zorko. Nope. He's a player that wants to be running towards goal. He wants to be attacking from, you know, half forward and, you know, in that 40 meter area. You'd rather have a Rainer down there, one out who can take a mark, you know, Cameron, obviously Cameron in space yeah. is incredibly dangerous. Cockatoo in space when yeah. fit, very hard to match up with. Dan, so I just think when people think forward, I think they're thinking Zorko is going to be trapped in the Ford 50 and can't leave. And I just don't see it being like that because for me, he's just way too valuable with his pressure yeah. and his ball use and his ability to break away from a stoppage that's a bit different than the other guys in there. So I think he's going to be fine in that role. And I, and I think it's pretty similar to what he played last year, especially yeah. when fit. And we read out those numbers and they were, you know, around the 105 mark across the formats. And if you got that, you're stoked. You really are. That That's genuinely, an, it, maybe not in Supercoach this year, if a fit danger field, a midfield role, Dunkley, um, a steel Sidey. side bottom continues on, you know, these uh, Marshall, if he gets free ruck roll, um, if a rider goes down, then yeah, it's going to be hard for him in that format to compete. But in Dream Team and Fantasy, you can see a world where that average of 100, there and thereabouts, he's going to be knocking the door down right on the top. Like, I think he could play, and he did play last year, a similar style of role, albeit with a little bit more zing and pressure to what Gary Ablett did for Geelong last year. Still spent plenty of time up the ground, but didn't have to spend a heap of time at centre bounce to impact the contest. And so it wouldn't surprise me if we do see a gradual decrease of centre bounce attendances of Zorko. Sure. Now he has only been in the AFL system for a decade. So he sure he'll be 31, 32 by the time games start. That's normally when older players start to wind down. He's got four pre-seasons less in his body than these other guys do. So you can build a case relatively easily with that. And the fact that I think he's missed six games since his debut through injury, that he's as fit and as strong and as healthy as you're going to get. And the thing MJ as well is a lot of the time with those guys that decline, you start to see a gradual drop. And Zorko's had, you know, you read up the numbers, some really good seasons and he's had some bounce backs. You know, 2018 yeah. was quiet by his standards at one at 95. And the next year, he was back to 105. Yeah. And even last year, we've got him at, you know, basically 96 and 98. But there's also an injury-affected game in there. So there's some built-in value. For me, he's a guy that in DT at worst, you're going to get a 90. I agree. Like, really, is that, your, is that the worst thing if he falls away five points? Mm. And again, again, in Supercoach, it's probably similar. It's probably low 90s at worst. Yeah. Again, do I think 114 will get challenged again? No, I don't. Do I yeah. think he can even go much over 105? Probably, probably not. not. But if he hits 100 on the nose, I'm very content, especially if I, can, if I start him yeah. and he gets away to one of these hot starts, which I know he can. Yep. And then people start thinking, oh, Zorko is having a good season. You know, he might be a top six forward. And they bring him in. That's where I think people get disappointed because that's what owners who've jumped on Zorko after a hot start have realized is he is volatile. If you ride the roller coaster for the whole year, by, the, by year's end, you look at it and you go, 
That's a good average. But sometimes if you get on the Zorko train, especially after a big stretch of games, Mm -hmm. he can drop, you know, two fifties in a three week period. And you get, and and that's where the frustration builds. We know that 2018 season where again, I say just average 95, but by his standards, that is low. He Mm. started the season in, let's be honest, horrendous scoring fashion. (laughs) Again, MJ through six rounds, he was averaging 67 in DT and people were, freaking out and then in supercoach average 66 what did he do from the um, 16 games following he averaged 108 yeah like that's what he is like so again when you start him obviously a lot of that risk is gone because everything's going to be smoothed out over the course of a whole season and that's where my caveat would be if zorko gets off to an absolute red hot start Mm. you cannot get sucked in to buying him at top dollar yeah on the flip side if he comes out and has two fifties in a three-week period and is averaging eighty after round five or six, yeah, keep going. Do not be afraid to jump on, yeah, and enjoy the riches because he's shown it year after year. It all seems to smooth out, and it all yeah. seems to be right on that fringe of a top six forward. And no one's talking about him again. He's not a point of difference for the sake of being unique. It's a is Dane Zorko, if you were to rank the top 10 guys in terms of how you think they're going to go for total points and averages in 2021 through your forward line, I, I, I can't see a world in AFL fantasy and dream team where he's not in it. And in super coach, yeah, you, you could argue it, but there takes a little bit of a compelling case and a little bit of faith being put into some players. So for me, he's right in that mix for that top 10 scoring forward available option for us. And that becomes the, re- the choice then of, do I hope I can get him at the hot run and I dodge those bad scores. Can I time the run right? And that all of a sudden I miss that 70 or that 80 average. And I instead get that one Oh five average to the end of the year. And I get him at that right price. That'll be the dilemma for coaches of looking over his career going, do I just ride it for the year or do I time it? That'll be the dilemma for people. And MJ, the thing as well in the past that did hurt him with some of that volatility was that he was the tag target. That is no longer the case Not at all. whatsoever. It is clearly Lockie Neal, not only because he's the best player in the team, also very susceptible to a tag. Yes. And that's something that for Zorko, he was putting up with and he could put up some absolute stinkers when mm-hmm. he got tagged. So to have that out of it, you know, maybe that takes that game that was a 40 or a 50 in the past and makes it a 70. Yeah. And, you know, across the whole season. A 20-point improvement, you know, that gets you a point a week. So, again, he feels like a guy to me that you'd be foolish not to consider because of his age. Yeah, I He's think still so too. playing way too well. We haven't seen that drop-off because that's where it gets risky. Is usually you see a gradual decline yeah. and then you get hit with the 20-point drop. You know, yeah. not to single someone out, but, you know, it's a Nathan Jones type of thing where yeah. I'm ticking. Look how consistent he is. Look how consistent well, he is. Oh, he had a bit of a drop. Yeah, yeah again, you have a drop and then, unfortunately – it falls away. Yeah. When I look at Zorko, captain, a team that is really in the premiership hunt, Absolutely. genuinely in the premiership hunt, have added pieces that support him playing in the role he plays best. Yes. You know, they haven't added another center bounce midfielder that, you know, if they added Adam Trelaw, you'd be going, okay, okay this is that's trouble. a bit tricky. You know, they've added Danaher. They've added yeah. Cockatoo. They added Archie in previous years. They added Ellis Yeoman, who clearly after being trialed, you know, is a depth player. Yep. Yeah, Devin Robinson's a good kid, but we're talking about winning premierships here. Right you know, like now that, with this list, yeah. Again, more than happy for him to take a season or two, develop. Like 
he's 19, 20 years old. Like I, I know when they get drafted high and he had big raps as a junior fantasy player, but he's not breaking into that side as a consistent player that's going to affect the guy like Dane Zorko, who's the captain. And MJ, as we always say, he loves to tackle. So when yep. you've got that tackling and that ball-winning ability, I think he's a lot more foolproof than people are realizing. I agree. I think you can make a case for some other forwards having some bigger question marks. Yep. Namely, Josh Dunkley and Patrick Dangerfield. Yeah. And I think Zorko just goes about his business. And there's going to be a point in the season where people have to decide, do I jump on? Is this real? Do I wait? Yeah. And then on the flip side, oh, is is Zorko having that big drop-off? Or is he not? So for me, I feel like by season's end, he's going to get where we think he's going to get. He's going to be between 90 and 100. Yep. The flip side, you know, sorry, the positive for him is he's got a great buy. That first buy round 12, there's not a massive amount of competition for him in that buy round. I think in the forward line, the key players that we think of MJ, sorry, in round 13, he's got a buy. You know, he's probably competing with Josh Dunkley for mine and obviously Dustin Martin. But really, there's not too many other guys that you think, No. you know, oh, what can I, what can I do here? Um, obviously, Neil in the midfield. But I think it's a very easy buy to navigate. Yeah, and your I back line getting... doesn't feel decimated no, um, in that line. Um, so you look at it, it's, maybe it's your Zach Williams. It yep. is probably your Ridley. biggest name. Yeah, rolling through there. But beyond that... Yeah, NJ, it's one of those things that if you've got to pick a line, we spoke about it yesterday with Petrarca, round 14 is massively problematic. Yeah. And as a result of that, sometimes you have to say, if round 14 is a big issue, I've got to look closer at these round 12 and 13 guys to balance that out. And if you think there's a few guys that you really like in round 12 and you can't go without, maybe when it comes to a 50-50, you say, hey, I, I can't decide here between... Dangerfield and Zorko, but hey, I've already got a lot of round 12. I know round 14 is an issue. Yeah. I might just go to Zorko because I think I'm going to get a similar return, but I've got a better buy structure. So I think that's a case for him that's always going to turn his favor because looking at that for me, round 13 is the easiest of the three to navigate. Absolutely. Yeah. And I, I think if he, he's not in your starting squad, and I understand why you might choose not to do that, he's definitely someone that you're going to want to have at some point in your team by the end of 2021. So if it's not a starter, that's okay. Target, where are you bringing him in? Is it after that round by heading into round 14 or is he an upgrade target over those first three months? That'll be the thing. But where he goes in drafts really interests me because we've talked about it a lot. We probably will keep doing it over the next 25 players to go. Is that early in the draft, especially in the first round, it'll be locking away these alternate positions beyond the midfield. And so we'll see a lot of M1s going in probably the second round. And I don't know, if it's a 10-team league, I actually genuinely wouldn't be shocked if one midfielder didn't get picked in the first round. I I wouldn't be shocked if someone said, no midfielders got picked. It'd be rare, but I wouldn't be shocked if that's the case. But he's not quite in that perceived top group of forwards. Dangerfield, Side bottom, certainly in Dream Team and AFL Fantasy, feel like that really clear safe too. Then you've got the likes of Dunkley, who are a lot of people loving. Rowan Marshall has got his owners um, that love him. Dustin Martin, while again, probably more super coach leaning now at this point of mm. his career, still is very dependable and durable for us and can pop in, in AFL Fantasy. So he's probably not in most people's top 
tier of forwards, maybe not even in the second, depending on how they've structured their rankings. But he should be someone's F1. So his range of where he goes in rounds could be anywhere from a late second, if someone's really desperate for a forward one, right through to the late fourth. Like it, it legitimately could, maybe even the fifth round, if, if someone chooses to not believe he has a great year. So for one of the top tier forwards this year, he's got, I think, one of the most diverse outcomes of where he could get drafted. Where are you seeing he might go on draft day? Yeah, I think that's the thing, MJ's. While I think Zorko can definitely challenge, you know, a danger field in the society, I'm not spending that draft pick capital to pick him there. You know, I think your danger field decided, and personally, you know, I, I truly believe Josh Dunkley is going to be back to his best. So for yeah. me, you know, I could make a case for Dunkley being a top five pick, but we'll save that for another podcast. <laughs> I think Zorko is your guy that, again, if you can get him late in the fourth, ideally for me, it's the fifth, because typically, if you want to compare a forward and a back to a midfielder, yeah. Usually you have to add about 10 points of value. Yeah, so if you think pack, yeah. if you're going to if you think Zorko's a 95 guy, you want to be sort of drafting him when there's, you know, 105 midfielders sort of coming off the board roughly. Yeah. So again, if we take that up to 100 like you mentioned, if we view him as a 100 forward, you know, then he's probably top 5 forwards. You know, he's really up there with 110 midfielders in terms of the value you're getting. Yeah. And I think forwards falls away quite a bit once it you does. get out of the top sort of 10. So for me, I'd love him on end of the fourth, start of the fifth. Yeah. Because I think there's going to be coaches that like Heaney. If Toby Green even gets a sniff of midfield opportunity in the preseason, he could slide. It's the durability of Zorko in a a draft that I really, really love. And that's where Dusty as well is always so great. Yeah. Especially when Dusty usually finishes well. And Zorko's a bit like that too. Mm. He can really get going late in the season when we know drafts are won. So, yeah, I think if you're spending, you know, a high 30, early 40s, if in that again, that's back of the fourth, start of the fifth in a 10-team league. That's when you're probably going to get really good value that you get what you pay for there with Zorko and maybe you get lucky and he does challenge the top forwards. But really, your worst-case scenario then is, again, a very high 80s, low 90s, and you're just building away beautifully. You've got a key F1 like you mentioned, MJ, yeah. and you can really do whatever you want the rest of your draft and feel pretty comfortable. Yeah, I think so. Look, it's going to be really interesting to see where he goes on draft. Our friends, the draft doctors, in the next coming week or so, will be releasing their mock draft simulator. We've already chatted to the Statesman. We've already chatted to Stevie Fears. If you do play drafts, that'll be one of those things you want to test and trial and see. how. If you go, all right, I'm going to target Dane Zorko in round four. What does that mean I do in other parts? What does that mean it dictates in other things? That'll be the fascinating thing. And that reason, that, that great resource our friends at the Draft Doctors bring out every single year. Well, we're halfway through the 50 most relevant. Have there been a bunch of 25 players that if you've heard their names, you've gone, why the heck are they there? No, they're too high. No, 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 they're too low. Or I didn't think about that option before or that confirmed what I was already processing. That's exactly what this season is about. And what this series is about is it's about starting a conversation with you, helping you in your fantasy footy side, really, no matter the format you choose to play. So we're halfway through. And Kane, the good thing is some of the biggest, most challenging, most confronting and surprising names are still to come in the top 25. It's going to be interesting to see how it lands. I'm very excited, MJ. You haven't revealed what's to come. I've got a few players I think that are there, but 
You're always known for a surprise or two, so I'm not going to pencil any in just yet. Okay. All right. Well, we'll see. Uh, if you want to know who's in at number 24, you can join our Patreon supporter group. You can get uh, a day ahead information from everybody else, as well as a, a bunch of other exclusive content. All the links for that can be found at the same place you can find the article on Dane Zorko uh, over at coachespanel.tv. Uh, if you're loving these podcast episodes, make sure you're subscribing to whatever platform you're choosing to listen to and leave a nice five-star rating and review so that others in the fantasy footy community can know what you already know about the coaches panel tomorrow we hit 24 and i can't wait to talk to you about this player give it up give it up